Hi, this is Christina Hitchcock and Corinne Schmidt from The Smart Influencer, and you are listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey everyone, real quick, I want to take a moment just to tell you a little bit about Clarity, a powerful tool that allows you to organize, optimize, and update your blog content for maximum growth. Using Clarity, you can create projects to help you optimize and refresh old content on your site. Say you want to go into your old posts and add some internal links to keep readers on your site. You can figure out which of your posts don't already have internal links, assign those posts to a campaign so you know which posts need to be updated. Then you can track your work as you update those posts all within the Clarity app. Clarity users have direct insights that will help them identify which posts to update, figure out what they should be updating and adding to those posts, and understand the impact their updates have with a direct integration into their Google Analytics accounts. If you're interested in learning more and potentially becoming an early adopter of Clarity, you can go to Clarity, that's spelled with an I, so C-L-A-R-I-T-I dot com forward slash eat blog talk to sign up for the waiting list and take advantage of their $25 a month forever plan. Go to clarity.com forward slash eat blog talk, or you can check out the resources page on eatblogtalk.com forward slash resources. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to eat blog talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. This episode is sponsored by Rank IQ. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 312. Today, Christina and Corinne are here to talk to us about how to protect your business when an unforeseen event occurs. Partners Corinne Schmidt and Christina Hitchcock are both six-figure influencers with multiple websites. Over the years, they've become organizational ninjas and workflow fanatics with a knack for providing actionable strategies to help influencers work smarter and scale faster. These women have been in this space for over 10 years, and they've learned a lot along the way and often the hard way. They share their insights on working smarter on The Smart Influencer, a podcast and a private mentoring group where they help other influencers work smarter and grow stronger. I love your bio, you guys. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm super excited for this chat. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And before we get into it, we want to hear what your fun facts are. Why don't you each share one? Okay. So mine, it's just the thing that surprises people the most and then makes them never want to write to me. Um, (laughs) When I decided to stay home with my son, it was an unexpected decision. I thought I'd go back to work. So I had a lot of spare time on my hands because babies sleep a lot. And for some reason, I thought it'd be fun to study handwriting analysis. So I am... An amateur handwriting analyst <laughs> makes people not going to ever send me Christmas cards anymore. But <laughs> that's so interesting. Okay, how do you even get started with something like that? Like, where, yeah, I, how do so, you even? I mean, there's a lot of books on it, um, and it's funny because if you pick up, like, if if you look at two different handwriting samples without knowing what you're looking at, you can tell like if someone's got mental issues or. Um, if someone's uptight, like there are just a lot of things naturally that come through in our handwriting. So fun, fun fact is my mom's handwriting. It's identical to Ted Bundy's, like indiscernible. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I know. She's not a serial killer as far as I know, but yes, like, and just like, I remember when I saw that sample in the book of a going out, it's my mom's handwriting. Oh my, did you tell her? Did you share that with her? No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> Didn't want to give her any ideas. She'd be mortified, right? <laughs> 
Well, I Corinna, probably... I never knew this about you. I want you yeah, to do mine. See, this is exactly why I love the fun facts. I was going to say I should not hold up my notebook to the camera because you'd be like, what is wrong with that woman? My, I feel like my handwriting changes from day to day. Is that normal? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yep. some days it's like really nice and scripted and others it's like, I look like a mass murderer. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Depends on your, depends on your mood and what's going on in your life. So Wow. Okay. That was super fun. So now, Christina, we want to hear yours. I should have, I should have went first. I can't (laughs) help that. (laughs) So mine is most people don't know or wouldn't guess it when they looked at me or, you know, or talk to me even, but I love shooting guns. I trap shoot and I have been doing it since I was 12. I go every week. Um, And it's just one of those things that I just, I love to do. And she's really good at it too. Oh, really? Well, if (laughs) you go weekly, you're going to get good over time, right? That's cool. But it's just a little different. I mean, I'm the girl that wears pearls and loafers and stuff like that. And then on Wednesday nights, it's a different story. But but it's just something fun. The fun facts are my favorite for this reason. (laughs) Now now I feel like I know you guys a little bit better. So you are here to actually talk about protecting your business when an unforeseen event happens, because as we all know, we've been through some pretty significant unforeseen events recently, all of us. So let's talk about this. Why do you guys think it's important to have a contingency plan in the first place? So I'll, I'll start off here. Um, I actually had two experiences that happened to me that kind of got this ball rolling for me. Um, a few years ago, my father-in-law passed away and he was meticulous about keeping notes and keeping things organized. Um, however, he had every document that ever came through their house. I mean, every check register from like the 1960s till present, tons of stuff. So we did not, while he had everything, we didn't know where all the important stuff was. And we didn't know, more importantly, we didn't know if we had all the important documentation. So it was a pretty stressful time. I mean, because your your emotions are high to begin with, and then you're trying to figure all that stuff out. The second thing that happened was when I was in college and um, I was away at college and I got a call one weekend that my my dad had owned his own business and he had a a building next to our home and it had burned to the ground overnight while he was Mm -hmm. gone to my brother's basketball game. And it was a total fluke. You know, somebody hit a pole, a surge came through the box, the building burnt down, but everything that he had, all his important documentation and everything was in that building. So he lost everything. And I said, I could never forget coming home and seeing this big, tough guy sitting at our dining room table with his head in his hands and and crying because he just didn't know where to start picking up the pieces. Who do you call? Where do you go? Like there's so many things to do. He just didn't know where to start because everything that he needed was in there and it was gone. So you look at those two situations and it just made me think that, oh my gosh, it's so important with our businesses to make sure that we're protected and that we have all of our ducks in a row God forbid something happened to us. And like you said, we know how fragile everything is and with everything we've gone through so far. My motives are much more selfish. Like my my first one was like, I put a lot of time in. You know, it, it, blogging is one of those things that tends to pull you in. And so there was a point when I was working probably 60, 70 hours a week and you know my family was starting to complain. And then you see some success, right? Like you put in the time, you see some success 
And I thought it would be terrible if all that time just evaporated because no one knew how to pick it up if something happened to me. And then more recently, like I'm in the midst of a divorce, my blog income used to be fun money. Like it was extra money. It's, you know, we used it to put in the pool. We used it to go on vacation. Well, now it's how I pay the bills. So it's a lot more serious now that I have a way to keep it running if something happens to me, because otherwise you know, we lose the house. So, so most mine's more selfishly motivated, but very real reasons for having it. Yeah, you guys touched on a few different uh, reasons why you would need plans. Like there's um, the pandemic. I mean, we haven't <laughs> mentioned that yet, but something huge like a pandemic or a divorce, something we often don't think about because nobody plans for that, right? Um, and then like the fire you mentioned, yep. your, it happened to your father and all of those documents were burned. So clearly mm-hmm. he didn't have, I mean, I don't know when this happened, but digital files, you know, are important too. So yeah, talk about that. Like, do you um, recommend like keeping paper files or digital or both? So Christina and I always say, like, when everything we we talk about, like, you need to do what works for you, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I'm a pen and paper person, so I like that. But with the contingency plan, it is the one place, like, I push people a little more to keep it digitally and not just digitally, but in a cloud um, so that if your house burns down, you can access it from the neighbor's house or from the hotel. Like, of all things... This is one thing I think, even if you're pen and paper, and I am, like, I get it. Even if you're pen and paper, it needs to live somewhere else. And then the other reason you want it in the cloud is then you can update it and you can keep on top of it from anywhere Um, because we do so much mobily, right? Like you do so much while you're at a conference or you do a lot when you're, you know, half my job is when I'm sitting in carpool, right? (laughs) Like trying to get through social shares and things. So I just think it's much easier to stay on top of it. So it's actually current. And then it's also more useful if you actually need to access it. And you can share access then with someone else because the person you pick, and we'll talk about that a little later, may not be in the same house with you. Yeah. So they may not be able to take a paper file from you. And just logistically, when you think of a paper file, I mean, you would have to, you know, it's let's say it was in a notebook, you'd have to get that notebook out take out the old information, put in the new information, or let's say there was some sort of natural emergency and you had to evacuate your house really quickly. You would have to remember to grab that before you go. Whereas if it's in the cloud, it's just, it's sitting out there, it's protected, it's safe, you know, and you can access it like Corinne said from anywhere that you are. So what things are we talking about? What things are you recommending that we have digital files for in the cloud? So there's so much information, Um, you know, when we got thinking about this and we started writing it down, I mean, like, oh, yes, you need to have this and that. So let's just start with the basics. I mean, your business details, all that important stuff, your, your, um, your EIN, your sales tax number, your, if you have an LLC or an S corp or C corp or partnership, all those documentations, you, you should upload those into, you know, a digital file where you can access them so that they're not just sitting, you know, in a paper filing cabinet. Um, contacts, I think are the next important thing. Um, you know, your business contacts, your, your accountant, your attorney, any business partners, um, contacts for your ad agency that you work with, if you do work with one. Um, what else, Corinne? So like your tribe, if you've got a blog yep. tribe, so people they know to contact. 
This is why I like it digitally too, because over the course, when I built mine, like when I was adding all this information over the course of the month, anytime like Mm -hmm. I exchanged an email with someone, I was like, oh, is this someone that, you know, I need to, if someone came in and replaced me, would they need to know to get in charge, you know, in contact with this person? Um, I'm going to back up a step before we finish the list. Like one thing too, when I I think when we're talking about what we do as bloggers and we're, we're trying to think of a contingency plan and what it's going to be, is to remember that the goal is not to teach someone else to come in and be you and replace you. So like when you start to think about that, like this contingency file all of a sudden looks ridiculous, right? Like Because we accumulate knowledge over years um, and you're not trying to give someone that much information. What you're trying to give them is the essential information that they're going to need in order to keep your business running or to make an informed decision to sell it. You know, like there are different things they might do with it. So they just need that information. And it's still a lot, which is like we're only two items into probably an eight item list. <laughs> it's still a lot, but it's a lot less daunting than trying to think that you're going to convey in any type of yeah. document or file everything that you do. That's not the goal. Right. And that would be impossible. Right? It would be impossible. <laughs> There's no way. So what else do you have on the list, Corinne, for things to include? So login information, I mean, everything we do is online, essentially. So all your login information and much like the contacts, like I recommend doing this over time so that everything that you log into to run your business, you've got that information. The most essential being the money. <laughs> like for me, it's the money. Um, I want them to know where to find the money. <laughs> like I really, my family still doesn't even understand where the money comes from. So they yeah. certainly wouldn't know where to go find it. Um the things like how to get into your site, how to access your host, how if you've got tech support, you know how you log in to submit a ticket, uh, all those things. Uh, and then if you've got a store, you know certainly how to access, you know whether you're using Shopify or ThriveCard or whatever you use. So really, all the logins. I, <laughs> there's probably like a much longer list than that. But the, again, we're not training to train them to do what we do. They don't necessarily need to get into your. Um, to your sponsored post network, right? Like if you haven't applied for a sponsored post in a while, they don't necessarily need that information, um, but they will need to know how to go find the money. (laughs) So that. Two logins I wouldn't forget about. Number one is the login to your computer. (laughs) Because I mean, that's like the most basic, right? If somebody can't get into my computer, they're never going to be able to access anything. (laughs) So that login. And then also if you use um, like a password vault, like LastPass or something like that, including that login information as well would be a huge help. So who do we hand this off to? You mentioned earlier that maybe it shouldn't necessarily be a spouse. So who do we select to get our information? Well, I think that comes down to you personally. I mean, who do you think in your your um, network, your you know, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, whatever, who do you think would be the most responsible person to make these decisions about your business? Who would be able to handle, um, you know, going through everything and making the decision whether they should keep the business, sell the business, shut the business down? Um, I think you really need to think about that. I mean, most of us lean towards our spouse or partner, but that may not be the best fit for you. Right. And it's who has the bandwidth too. Yeah. Like whatever, whoever takes it on, 
it's a big undertaking, mm-hmm. right? Like we're, we're talking about making it as simple as possible um, and arming them with the information that they can use to make the smartest decision. But it's a big undertaking because yes. especially if they decide to try and keep it running on autopilot, like we know how much goes into just that, like even if you triaged um, as much as possible. So for me, like I personally chose my oldest daughter. She has a general interest in it. She's She just had a baby. She's going to be a stay-at-home mom. Like she had the bandwidth for it. So to me, that was a big consideration. And I trust her and it keeps it keeps this asset, which I think I built a big asset within my family, which was important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it could just as easily be like one of my close friends that I knew would, you know, like you might bequeath it <laughs> to a, a good friend or arrange a stipend for them and have them run it. And, you know, the, the family, you know, gets the, the rest of it, but it it really, to me, boiled down to who could, who could and would, and would not see it as much of a burden. And for me, that was my oldest daughter. And I think it's important to clarify something here. I think um, it's important to note that the person you're asking to take on the decision-making part of the business is not necessarily who you're leaving your business assets to. They don't have to be the same person, right? So, if God forbid something happens to you and you pass your business assets on to your family, that could be something completely different than who's going to, you know, communicate to all the people that something has happened and, you know, reach out to the account, you know, and just kind of get that ball rolling and figure out what to do. Because let's face it, if something happens to you, it's going to be a highly emotional time. So you would need somebody who can handle that stress um, and handle, you know, be able to make decisions during a difficult time like that. Food bloggers, let's take a moment to talk about a few things that Eat Blog Talk has to offer that is going to add value to your business and accelerate your growth. First of all, head over to the Eat Blog Talk forum. It's totally free. It's off of Facebook and it has a bunch of valuable discussions inside. You can create your own discussion. You can self-promote. You can talk about products and services that you offer without worrying about being removed from the group. Go to forum.eatblogtalk.com to check it out. Also, I have hosted a few in-person retreats here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm going to continue that. They've been wildly successful. So much connection and growth and learning has occurred within these, and they're fun. So join us in the next one. Go to eblogtalk.com forward slash spring 2022 retreat. You will get access to all of the information for retreats moving forward at that URL. Go there, join the waitlist for the fall retreat and beyond, and you will not be disappointed in that. Also, I want to mention the mastermind program. So for 2022, we are full on the mastermind program. Two groups are underway and they're going really well. There are transformations happening. It is such a powerful, positive group of like-minded peers. And we do so much collaboration and learning inside these groups. We will open up new groups starting in 2023. So if you're interested in joining, join the waitlist. Go to eblogtalk.com and follow the prompts for the masterminds. And last but not least, I've started a group coaching program for foodie creators who are interested in becoming foodie podcasters. If this is you, send me an email, megan at eatblogtalk.com and let me know you're interested in this group coaching situation. Whether you just have an idea or you've already launched or anything in between, we will serve you and we show up twice a month 
on group coaching calls where we'll answer all the questions you need to get answered so you can start a successful foodie podcast. There are so many ways that we can accelerate your growth and add value to your business. So I hope that you will take advantage of some of these. And now we'll get back to the episode. That's a really good point. So it's not necessarily the people who or the person who's getting your assets. It's just someone who can handle it, has the bandwidth to handle it and can kind of um, navigate the details (laughs) and that you trust, right? Yeah. What do you think about having a team of people? So not just like one person, but maybe delegating to a handful of different people, or do you think it should just be one person? So we might have different opinions on this, Christina. Like I, in general, I always like a team of people, but I do think, especially in times like this, where there are a lot of important decisions to be made, you need, you need a leader of the team. If you're going to do a team, like you need one person that is tasked with the decision-making because decisions by group, they take longer, they're not as efficient and they may not align with what you want. Mm -hmm. So like I'm, I'm in favor of one person, maybe have a team of people that they, they use as resources, Mm -hmm. but one person's the decision maker. Yeah, I think, um, and this is an important thing to talk about with an attorney too, and make sure that, you know, especially if you do have a team that things are in writing, um, because we've all heard the horror stories, you know, um, you know, when, when somebody passes away, it destroys a family, right? There's all this infighting and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's super important to make sure your wishes are written down so that everybody knows exactly what they are and they don't have to try to guess what you would have done. Um, It just makes it easier for everybody involved. Now, I will say that if whoever you hand it off to, if you've picked the one person that you have, and I talk about team in a separate way, that you have a team of people, and this is probably your tribe, right? Like your blog tribe, the people that you interact with on a regular business basis, they know what you do for a living. They understand this space. They're close friends of yours. So they care what happens with your business, you know, if something happens to you. So like Christina is on that team for me. So if something happened to me, my whoever I handed off to my daughter in this case would know to contact Christina. She's in my contingency plan. My best friend, Susan, who I talk to every day, who also has a blog, she's on that plan because she knows exactly how I operate and what I'd want. And she knows more importantly, the lingo, like just the mm-hmm. language of what we do. Um, like, I think at this point, everyone in my family should know what SEO means, <laughs> but they still don't know like all the tools I use to do it or you know, no, they, they nod their head yes, writers. but they really don't know. <laughs> they really don't know. So, like having a team of people that speaks your language that can translate for your because again, whoever you're handing this off to is likely not someone in our space, mm-hmm. um, and we're not trying to train them, but they need to be able to bridge that gap. There needs, needs to be some sort of liaison. So, whether it's your bestie in the blogging world, or you've got a whole team of people like a tribe that you can turn off, to, you know, turn them into. I, I think that's helpful. And let those people know before you make them. <laughs> right. I was going to say, yeah, don't just like surprise them, right? If something happens, oh. Right. Surprise, you're in charge. <laughs> yeah. Communicating that beforehand is probably a great idea. Yeah. So how do you guys recommend that you put all of this information together? You've mentioned before, like creating a digital folder. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, can you elaborate on that? How exactly do you get all of this information in one place? <laughs> 
So I think that's a great question. And that can be part of the overwhelm part of taking on this task, right? It's like, what, like, I know what I have to track, but how do I make this easy? Um, and I think, like Corinne said, simplicity is the key here. So making sure everything is easy to access and in one spot. Um, so there's a number of ways you can do it. We recommend going with what's comfortable for you. Um, Google Drive is a great way, right? You could just create a folder. You can then store documents and um, spreadsheets or, you know, whatever you have, you can store it there. You can even upload a video there if you needed to. Um, you can use any of the productivity tools that are out there, right? There's Trello and um, Asana, ClickUp. Corinne and I love Airtable. Um, that's what we both use for our contingency plan. Um, we have everything stored in Airtable because it is in the cloud. It's easy to access. You can get it from anywhere. Do you think that people who are looking to steal content and passwords are looking for a, a file or a folder called contingency plan for the, you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to think of like some secret word you could use because that would be the perfect place to go to steal all the passwords, your computer login information yeah. and all of that. Yeah. That's a great question. And I think that what you suggested is great. You can totally name it something obscure, right? You could, you know, call it, you know, knitting instructions or something like <laughs> yes, that. But love that. That nobody would ever go looking for. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> How to crochet 101. Nobody'd ever want to look at that, right? That that's being nefarious. Um, but I think that's a great thing is is renaming the file to something that's um that's secure. But I think what's also important is choosing a tool that has security built in that is a secure um, way of storing it and making sure that the passwords and the login you have to access that tool is strong. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so we have it all in one place. We've communicated to the person or team what's happening, that they are in charge of kind of delegating the information. So how often do you guys recommend going in and updating all the content that you're putting into this folder? So again, this for me is why I love having it in Airtable because I'm in Airtable every day. We both, Christine and I run our businesses. Same. I love Airtable. <laughs> um, yeah. It's like, it, it just checks all my boxes, you know, the, the color coordinating, the, the ability yep. to sort out information I don't need to, to go in and make a decision and I can access it, you know, from any device. So we run them out of Airtable. So to me, since I'm in Airtable anyway, basically I just have that, like it's open. So if I make a change somewhere, I change it in the contingency plan. Now that's not how you operate because <laughs> I know a lot of people don't. I just, I'm forgetful. I'm forgetful and I'm terrible at consistency. So that's how I have to do it. I would put it on the calendar and I would do it at least annually, at least annually Probably the best practice would be quarterly. Yeah, I, I, I would push you to go quarterly on that. And definitely it's, you know, whether you do what Corinne does and, and I do that as well, I always have it open so I can add things quickly and easily, but I put it right on my to-do list to repeat every quarter so that I know that it needs to be done. And it's just kind of like that reminder in case, you know, I just need to go in and double check everything. Yeah. This is one of those things that we all kind of know we should be doing, mm -hmm. but... You know, it's like we put it off because we just want to believe that nothing's going to happen. Yep. It's like one of those things. So make a case for that for people listening, just like why we should do it and give us a time frame. Because I like to hear like, Megan, you should have this done in 30 days or something like that. And then I will actually put it on my calendar and do it. So I just want to hear, I want you to encourage me and the rest of my listeners 
to actually set this in motion? So it's funny that you say that to have it in 30 days, because that is my recommendation. I like a full month because you catch everything, right? Like you catch when you do your stats, you catch the like when a paycheck hits in the middle of the month, like you in a month will generally catch anything other than some weird seasonal stuff. If you give yourself 30 days and it's easy, like if again, if you just have it open somewhere, whatever form you're keeping it in, if you have it open somewhere, so you just know to go drop that in anytime that you're working, it only takes a couple seconds each time that you go add a new login or you, you know, uh, add a, a new asset. Like if you, as you're working in, like I'm trying to think of a good asset, like just when you, like if you're doing photography, you go photograph and you're like, oh my gosh, my camera's worth $2,000. I should probably add that to the list, right? <laughs> of things that they need to know or an essential task. Like, I don't know how often people do this. I'm triaging all the time because my to-do list grows and grows and grows. And then I can't get it all done and I got to go and triage. So when you triage and you boil it down to, okay, to keep my blog ringing, I've got to focus just on content creation and, you know, and promotion. Add that to the list. Those are essential tasks to your business. So to me, a month is very easy. It's just a couple of seconds um, here and there, uh, you know, and it adds up over time. It's much easier to do that way. But yep. the reason, the biggest reason, because I'm a big believer in Murphy's Law, the biggest reason to do it is if you do it, you won't need it, <laughs> right? Like we all know that's true. Love that. If you Best insurance it, you policy. You probably will. So <laughs> do right. it. You won't need it. Like you've just saved yourself from catastrophe probably. I know that's not how the universe works, but it's tends to fall out that way for me. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I like that. So I would recommend that this week, when you're listening to this episode, sometime this week, I want you to sit down and I want you to work out the framework of the information you want to collect and start putting it together, right? Pull in that basic, the basic business details and just like the high level stuff and then leave that document or that um that app or whatever you're using to track it, just leave it open, like Corinne said, over the course of the month and begin filling in all the pieces as you go. Because then it's not so overwhelming. And you you really, it's more like in bite-sized pieces and you don't feel like you have to do it all and then you're going to give up. And if you're still feeling overwhelmed, Christina and I took the plan that we built for ourselves and in Airtable and then we just stripped out all our personal details. So if you have no idea what information to put together and how to organize it, we've got that. And we priced like we want everyone to do it. So it's priced like a no-brainer price, in my opinion. So um, anyway, so we and it's called Silo, the Smart Influencer Legacy Organizer. Uh, so maybe no one would open up Silo. I don't know if that's shouts. <laughs> I think potatoes. I am gonna change it to knitting 101 though. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so silo, uh, but they, if, if someone wants that, you can get that. And it, it, it obviously won't have all your information there, but it does have everything else we talked about, including instructions for the person that is going to take over for you, or that's going to be making the decisions. We have tips on like what to include the letter to ask them to, you know, to take it over. Um, and then we've got different views in it. Another great thing about Airtable so that the person that takes it over doesn't have to look at everything all at once. You know, it's basically the start here, here are the essential things, contact these people and do these things first. Um, and it's already set up. So you don't have like, cause that, that can be a lot to think through that. We already did it. So if you want to start with that and get a jump start, then you just really have to fill in the data and it's much easier. 
Awesome. So that was the product you were talking and we were talking about before recording. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we will include that product in your show notes. So that's awesome. I think having that would prompt me to just get started because why not? If it's already there, I just need to fill in my details. Yeah. But starting where you guys did, I can see that being a big hang up for myself. Like, well, yeah. but yeah, I appreciate that you did the legwork and that we would just need to go in and fill in the details. So that is amazing. Is there anything we forgot, you guys, that we should mention before we start saying goodbye? Mm, I don't think so. I think we covered it all. I think it's just really important once you have this information gathered is that you sit down and have that conversation with the person who's taking it over and let them know where to find it and how to access it. So whether it's paper, digital, whatever, just have that conversation, not only so they're not blindsided, but so that they know where to go and how to get it and what to do with it once they have it. This is great. And it, yeah, my wheels are turning and (laughs) I will definitely be using your Airtable template to get started myself. So thank you so much. It was so lovely to connect with you too. And I usually don't do video, but I loved seeing your faces today. This was really (laughs) fun. It's fun to be able to, I like audio, but I also like seeing the smiles and the the expressions and you can kind of tell when someone's going to talk and all of that. (laughs) Yes, that's the big thing. Christina and I talk over each other a lot. So when you see someone like open their mouth and take a breath, like, oh, I'll hold mine. (laughs) Yep. Yep. That was very helpful. All right. Well, I usually end by asking my guests if they have either a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share. Do either of you have anything along those lines? So I actually have a quote from Christina is something that she said once, and it really sums up to me like why it's so important and about contingency planning. And she had said, contingency planning is about ensuring that everything you're investing in your business continues to pay dividends well into the future. And that to me is a perfect summation of why we do it. So nice job, Christina. I said that. (laughs) I've got it right from the That's awesome. Isn't that funny when you say something and then someone else repeats it and you're like, did I really say that? <laughs> Those words came out of my mouth was in that order. <laughs> they did. Well, that's amazing. Awesome. And what a great way to sum up this entire chat. I absolutely love that. So if anyone wants to go peek at the show notes and grab that template we referred to, you can go to eatblogtalk.com forward slash smart influencer. Tell everyone where they can find you online, on social media, on your podcast, and anywhere else. So you can find us online at thesmartinfluencer.com. You can access our podcast and all of our social networks from there. Our podcast is called The Smart Influencer Podcast. Um, Pretty on brand there. And then all the social networks are The Smart Influencer. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. It was such a pleasure. And thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you in the next episode. Thank you. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.